you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. White the single back behind Brady, who's under center. He screens it left. The catch made by Patterson ducks into the end zone. Touchdown, Patriots! Three to the right. Brady takes the snap. And he throws it left for a wide open White, who dives into the end zone. Touchdown, Patriots! A first and ten from the Colt 34. Brady with a play fake to Michelle. Stands in the pocket. Bouncing right. Sliding back left. Directing traffic. A lot of time to launch a long, high-arcing pass to the end zone. Caught by Gordon! In the right side, in the end zone! Uh, a sexy Thursday night victory for the New England Patriots, 38-24 to over the game Indianapolis Colts, who put up quite a fight considering they were down about 10 starters in the game. I'm Greg Rosenthal. I've got Chris Wesseling with me. We're going to get to Dan Hansis and Mark Sessler and preview all the Week 5 games in just a minute, but let's start with Brady to Gordon, Chris Wessling. Are you feeling better about the Patriots' offense after the last couple of weeks? Yeah, I wouldn't say it's because of Josh Gordon, but the way they came out with Julian Edelman and that chain-moving, methodical, you know, just bully your way down the field or, you know, however Tom Brady's been doing it for the last ever many years, they, they look like the same offense you know, on that first drive. And then, you know, the the, the Gordon thing's just a great play and bad defense. I'm not reading too much into that. Well, he, he did a great job, just the athleticism. If you watch him cutting back for the ball and even the cut that he made uh, to peel off to, to kind of get open for Brady, it gives you some indication of what he could do in the future. But, I, you know, as a Patriots backer, you do see some identities starting to form and them figuring out, number one, They've got a really good interior offensive line. They're blowing open holes in the running game. That definitely helps. Huge holes. It's helped Sony Michelle a ton the last couple of weeks. And then they have a lot of guys who are run-after-catch guys. Uh, Philip Dorsett, you know, when, when he gets the ball. Gordon can be that eventually. Julian Edelman looked like Julian Edelman tonight. Looked very strong. James White is going to be a huge part of the offense. And it's a lot of guys you can get the ball too quickly. Brady gets the ball out of his hands, and they can make some plays and they're starting to kind of figure out what it is that they do well. 
I was happy to hear Troy Aikman say early in the game that Brady came to James White and said, I'm going to have to lean on you more because I feel like he's been underutilized going back to last year, that they toy around with Rex Burkhead's and Deion Lewis's and all these other guys. And it's like, yeah, but James White has always been your best passing down guy. Let's use him more. (laughs) Yeah, and they don't have any choice now. Sonny Michelle is getting a ton of work, and James White's going to get a ton of work, and that's just the way it's going to be moving forward. With that said, you know, the Patriots were extremely lucky in this game to catch the Colts. Uh, who were down five starters going into the game, uh, you know, three on offense, two on defense, and then lost a handful more during the game on four days rest on the road. It, it could have been an even bigger blowout if not for the two interceptions uh, from Brady that were both drops by the Patriots. But once again, we've talked about it all year. The, the Colts have been pretty impressive in terms of how scrappy they are, really on both sides of the ball. And even though they're one and four, if I'm a Colts fan, I'm feeling good because Andrew Luck looks like Andrew Luck again. By my count, they lost eight starters on defense by the end of this game. Right. It was ridiculous. I mean, that's... And, and had no quit in them. And to me, they put forth more effort. With and This wasn't a fair fight. They were playing with one hand tied behind their back and still put up more of an effort than some of their previous iterations, which just bowed to the Colts. And um, I think Andrew Luck's a huge part of that. You saw the emotion when the Colts – intercepted a pass from Brady that kept it a 14-point game, and Luck is going crazy on the sideline, getting everyone else excited. Like, he is loving playing football, and and even though his arm uh, is getting better every week, and maybe it's not the the cannon that it used to be, it's obviously— You can tell he trusts it. He trusts it so much more the last two weeks than he did the first two weeks. But the thing I was going to say was, okay, the the arm's getting better, but you know what doesn't change is, like, his feel of— the, the game of football and his intelligence and his leader, all, all that stuff I think has been there. movement in the pocket. Right, that's all there, and that to me is a great sign. I think the coaching staff for the Colts is so much better. You are not what your record says you are all the time. They're much better than one in four. And long term, if I'm a Colts fan, uh, I think they might have a shot in some of these Colts-Pats games in the future. Even if he's still getting his arm strength back a little bit, like he, he seems more precise to me. Even when we are questioning the, the arm strength early on, he's been accurate. And, and some of those passes tonight were just gorgeous. Um, if I'm a Colts fan, I'm feeling pretty good because th- nobody expected them to be a contender this year. But like you said, the, the positive signs are there. They were, and they, they're, so, they're so undermanned. The, the way they go with their backfield every week against actual running backs. <laughs> yeah, it's rough. And and they protected Luckwell tonight, which I think is a little bit of a red flag for the Patriots defense, who just does not By have... By the way, Go ahead. they have, what, 121 passing attempts in five days? That has to be a record. Yeah, if his arm is, wasn't you know sore or tired before these two games back-to-back, uh, it's got to be now. So I wouldn't say all is fixed in New England. they got a big game next week against the Chiefs, but they're certainly uh, looking to be in much better shape and right back... In the mix, let's talk, uh, Wes, with our buddies about a great Week 5 slate. There are some uh, there are some bangers on this schedule, and I want to talk about them, so let's send it over to Daniel Hanzus. The Around the NFL podcast is sneaky bad at everything. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> to, that was a little on the nose. That's to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined in a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. Hey, Chris. 
sneaky bad at being bad at podcasting. Oh! Whoa. See how I turned that right around on Matt Money. Little Smith double right negative yep. for you. That's how grammar works, Matt Money Smith. Learn it. Classic Sessler. All right, great, um, <laughs> great times uh, uh, this week on the Around the NFL podcast. We hope you're following along. We're, we're now this is our third ep of the week. We have the Tuesday Twitter show, which again you could catch up on anytime you want. Uh, and uh, and now this is our Thursday. Uh, preview show you heard at the top of the show, of course, uh, a just a dynamite, dynamite recap of Colts Patriots by uh, Wes and Greg. Really liked what you guys did with that. And now we're gonna. It was good. Thanks. Yeah. And now I really like to spread my wings. With these be, little recaps. I'll be on my way to Tybee by the time anybody hears this. Ooh. Yeah. What do you got going on there? We just Keisha and I are just going for about 40 hours to go down and check out some wedding stuff and then fly back Ooh. in time for Sunday's games. Weddings in May, right? Weddings in May. We got to find a venue. We have to check. By the way, other wedding thing. I have like a major spidey sense on a massively delayed plane on the way back, and Wes doesn't get here until about Tuesday. Streets are talking, by the way, on David Ely um, and his chances to be best man, which we've talked about on this podcast. Yeah. Let's just say I feel like the odds have been going up and up, and a certain, you know, there there yeah. was a another, you know, there's a question whether he's going to be there at all. Let's just put it. There. You've been clinging to that notion, just Wes. Who would have a better shot? Of being your best And not man. be a big wedding. That's David Ely or Loose Cannon? Loose Cannon. <laughs> no, there, there's major issues going on downstairs with Ely and his team. And that's trickled down to you guys as well. And I think Dave, before he's the best man, needs to get his own ship under control. He, before Fair he's the best man, well he needs said. to be the best boss. Oh, he can be. I like Dave. I, he's an excellent. Let's boss. check in with Dave next. You guys, like uh, don't Dave. don't take it halfway. Come on, let's Eric go. and I bonded in, uh, in London. <laughs> we did some bonding in London. You know, she's. It's hard for Dave. I, no, I say Eric has raced into the standings here. Yeah, I would wear a tux for you, Wes. Thank you. Love that. Uh, we'll get Ely on next week, maybe, to just to see where he's at, uh, because it was, he took quite a lot of fire just now. <laughs> uh, we're gonna go each uh, go through each of the week five games, and why don't we get it going? And why don't we start uh, with a. AFC affair. I almost fell into the trap there. Oh, shoot. It's going to come up soon enough. Let's see if I have any intra-inter situations <laughs> going on this week. We should have that under we control. Do. We got one coming up a little later, so we'll see how it goes. The Tennessee Titans. Some people call them the Titans. Yeah, some people call them Titans. One thing you have to call them is a winner of three straight games. Each of those wins coming by three points. Now they travel. To Buffalo to face the Bills, who, with the exception of one shining effort in Minneapolis in week three, have looked like mm, the worst team in the NFL. <laughs> could certainly make that argument. So here we go, Mark Sessler. Titans a chance to stack another W before a major showdown with the Ravens in week six. Yes, Sunday night, Wes told me you have to watch Titans-Eagles on Game Pass. And I did follow that advice because when Wes likes the game on Game Pass, it does not disappoint and I think this Titans team is so completely different than Titans teams of old. And the whole Titans thing at this point does not apply. Two things I really liked about the Eagles game. One, I thought they got great pressure up the middle against Carson Wentz. And they you were, it wasn't just Lyman. They were using Malcolm Butler got in Wentz's face. That was fantastic. And I thought that the way that they dealt with overtime, 
Fourth down conversion after fourth down conversion, and Mariota made that one huge money throw to keep the drive alive. Oh, my God. After he put the throw on the money for a bomb to Darius Jennings that he just dropped. Yep. And he came back and still converted all those fourths. So down. resilient. The only one thing that concerned me a little bit, and I don't know if it's a week-to-week thing, but I sometimes feel like their best runner is Mariota, and I don't see a running game that from quarter to quarter – feels entirely sustainable. I think they can fix Derek that. Derrick Henry and Deion Lewis are both around three yards a carry. Um, they that got w- Jack Conklin back, their right tackle. That so should help. That There's, should help. My my concern with the Titans, and this is a little bit of a trap game, by the way. You're going to Buffalo, and you got the Ravens next week, and you're coming off That's true. a big game against the it Eagles. It is, but sign me up for a trap game against the Yeah, Bills. no, no, I, I hear you on that. But there are two things that I'll point out. Yes, the running game is uh, – Heavily reliant right now on the quarterback, a quarterback who struggles to stay healthy. The other half on the defense, which has been very good this season, but keep in mind their their red zone defense has not only been the best in the league this year, and you don't take anything away. Uh, just 20% of red zone trips for the opposition has led to a touchdown. If they kept that pace up, that would be the best percentage since 2000 when they started tracking these things. Is that sustainable or are we due for regression uh, to the mean? And this is a team that's winning every week by three points. That would be devastating. Yeah, they don't have a lot of margin for error. They have things to be excited about, like their rookie Harold Landry. But the one thing is Bill Belichick defenses are often among, if not the tops in the red zone, because they give up a ton of yards. They don't give up a ton of points. That's going to be Mike Vrabel's philosophy is – is you you let them move the ball a little bit, but you keep them low on the scoreboard. They've been doing that. And that one game, I might have said it Sunday night, but that changed my mind on a team and a player more than any game all season in that now I see them as a factor. I want to see Mario to do it again because it was one game, but now I – I think just the AFC is wide open, and it doesn't seem that crazy. One little thing I know I'm probably alone in this one. I actually really like their new uniforms. Mm. I do, too. I disagree. I like the home. The road are fine. The blue on blue I find atrocious, but I don't know what it is. I just I'm drawn to them. Another thing this team has in its corner, they are feeling themselves. The energy, the way they're swarming, the way their sideline is getting fired up for every, like, effort play. And I think it comes from having so much confidence in their coaching staff. Players just want their staff to be smarter than the other team's staff. And so far this year, the Titans coaches have been that. And quickly on the Bills, I think Josh Allen is going to get thrown so many different looks because he clearly isn't going to be ready to change out of plays right now. And you just see the Bills snap the ball on plays that they have no chances. Even if they had better personnel, they would have no chance to get get positive plays. And why isn't that going to happen this week? It should. Moving on, uh, the New York Giants uh, coming off a disappointing home loss to the Saints. Now travel to Carolina to face the Panthers. The Panthers, who ridiculously are coming off a bye week uh, uh, for a game that's going to be played on October 7th. So they, they'll be obviously fresh, and they've had time to rest up for the Giants. All of it uh, adds up to a, a tough task uh, for the G-Men. Wes? I liked what I saw out of the Giants' offense in um, week three, and it erroneously led me to believe that they might be breaking out. And then listen to these two quotes. After Eli Manning, I'm watching that game, and in the middle of the third quarter has not completed a pass longer than 11 yards. Odell Beckham is a little frustrated right now because Eli isn't throwing it to him deep. And Eli says risks are not what you want to take. You throw the ball down the field when it's not risky, and then there's forcing things, and that leads to turnovers that leads to mistakes. That's one quote. Here's the other one. Here's Bill Bill Parcells talking about old, washed-up quarterbacks. 
they're torn between the turnover, which they don't want to make because it's a killer, and throwing the ball when the separation between the receiver and the defender isn't quite enough. They're not confident throwers like they were when they were younger. And Eli Manning – He's subtweeting Drew Bledsoe right there, by the way. Since, <laughs> since the beginning of the 2016 season, this is going back three years now, the Giants are the worst offense in the NFL. They don't average more than 16 points a game. And no quarterback, maybe no player I've ever seen has more excuses made for him constantly mm. than Eli Manning. It's time to score more than 30 points in a game. And they might need to this week because the Panthers' offense is a better offense this year. The early returns on Norv Turner – updating that offense a little bit, or basically just getting rid of Mike Shula. I, I'm liking what I'm seeing in terms of the play calling. This is a team that, even when their defense doesn't play as well, can put up some points, and I don't see why they wouldn't. And Luke Keekley, not that Luke Keekley needs any love, but he looks extra special this year so far through three weeks, and he'll be a terror shutting down Saquon Barkley. It does feel like the Panthers have not played in about four months, but the last time we saw them, they wiped out the Bengals' defense with their ground game. And you are now playing a Giants team that ranks 29th on the ground, and it looks that way sometimes when you're watching these teams go against their defense. I love this matchup for the Panthers. And, Dan, I do not love this week. Demon! Thank you for playing along. I, in fact, like the Panthers so much that I think the... Demon! ...are going to get wiped here. The Panthers are my confident lock of the week. I'm locking it up! It's an it's an it's a safe pick, and I, I feel like you're gonna get this one. I am one in three right now. I can I gotta stop you know spinning the dice on totally absurd locks. <laughs> by the way, uh, West, just let's check in. I know it's a bye week, so he hasn't played four games yet. But Norv Turner over the summer, I see Cam as a guy that can be in the mid to high 60s as a completion percentage. Right now, Cam Newton, 65.4 percent. Things are looking up. For Cam. Which would be by far a career high. 67.4%. I mean, so is the whole league, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's give it more than three games. So let's see what happens. 67.4, you're right, Chris Wessling. Last year, 59.1. That would be quite a jump if he could hold this. Very fun. You're, you're really excited. <laughs> Moving on. The Miami Dolphins and Cincinnati Bengals are uh, squaring off. Uh, this is a Bengals team that is looking a lot better. Greg Rosenthal this season at 3-1. and one. Uh, they, they won that shootout with the Falcons last week. The Dolphins humbled, my goodness, mm. by the Patriots. Uh, seems to set up well for Cincinnati to keep rolling. Your thoughts? It does, but the Bengals are a little banged up this week. Tyler Eifert obviously is not coming back. John Ross uh, is injured. They're, uh, they've had injuries re- – that are up in the air as we're talking about going into this game, yet you don't really worry about their offense on a week-to-week basis right now. I know Mark is very excited about what Bill Lazor's done this year, your boy. You're huge on Lazor right now. I am. I mean, we did a little Game Pass special where we handed out some awards, and I gave him my early lead for, and I typically think offense more than defense for some reason, but I gave Bill Lazor my Assistant Coach of the Year award, which is a very prestigious uh, that is a real NFL award for some of you that may not know that. That is an actual – that is yeah. voted upon. And uh, the Bengals, to me, I know 2015 was a surge year for Andy Dalton. I think this offense, to me, is the most fun Bengals offense that I've watched 
since working here in a long, long time, certainly during Andy Dalton's career. It's not just based around A.J. Green at this point. They are spreading the ball around. And Dalton, to me, you know, two weeks ago when he, or a couple weeks ago against the Panthers through four picks, you're wondering if he's just going to unwind and fall apart. Comes back against the Falcons last week and played one of the best games I've ever seen him play. You say A.J. Green's not the entire passing game. Tyler Boyd has more receptions and yards than Green. He ranks in the top 12 in both of those categories among wide receivers. Well, that's He's having a breakout year. What a difference that at the end of that game, in back-to-back fourth downs, what is the matchup that Andy Dalton goes to? It's Tyler Boyd against Desmond Trufant, who's the top yes. cornerback of the other team, and Boyd wins Boyd that both times. And they're scoring all these points without Joe Mixon. It looks like Joe Mixon is back this week, although they might lose Gio Bernard. So as long as you got one of those two guys healthy, Gio Bernard, I think, has shown he's one of the best backups in the entire league. So as long as one of those guys is out there, they're fine. Why were the Dolphins so terrible last week? What changed other than the opponent? I think the opponent. I think it was a it, it was <laughs> a it? it was a strange game defensively for the Dolphins. It was a bit of a fluky game. I also think just game plan wise, for whatever reason, that the Belichick had Ryan Tannehill holding the ball forever, not knowing what he was seeing, dumping the ball off on third and long. I don't think this is some gimme game uh, for the Bengals. I don't give not them, at all. I don't give them that respect yet. That I'm just like lot. You know, I'm just like assuming that they're going to win week after week. I don't think you're going to get that Dolphins game from last week four or five more times this year. They're better than that, but I think there's a major psychological thing going on against the Patriots for all the other three teams in that Mm. division. And if you get down against New England 17 or nothing – which one of those three teams believes they're going to come back and do anything was other a, than get wiped? It was a bit of a game plan game, and like a one busted coverage leads to the Cordero Patterson, uh, a fluky turnover where Tannehill couldn't get the ball. But they also just offensively, that's more my concern for the Dolphins. I, I'm not sure what they are. They are counting on Ryan Tannehill to hit like the two deep shots a game that he tries, and if he doesn't, they don't have much. And they Kenyon won. Drake's not playing. Frank Gore's playing more than Kenyon right. Drake, which is crazy. Yeah. And they won the Raiders game because of, you know, trick plays, because of Jakeem Grant and Albert Wilson. And I don't know if you can count on that every week to be like the base of your offense. Let's move on. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens are 3-1 and one atop the AFC North, and now they travel to Cleveland to face the Browns who are coming off a very disappointing loss to the Raiders, a game they let get away, didn't get any help from the game officials. I got I got some blowback, Mark Sessler, on um, Twitter from people who are saying, like, all you guys cared about was what the Browns are getting dealt with. The Raiders got banged on some calls, too, in that game. Is Early that fair? Well, there was a lot that happened in that game, and that is fair. I saw some of that, too. I think, you know, we're probably – we're obviously focused a little bit more on the Browns because – of Mayfield and because of what's sort of happening with them in general. The Raiders, I, I, that game did not just come down to the Carlos Hyde spot and all that business. A lot, the Browns had chances to win that in other areas too, and the Raiders took care of their own business in overtime. You could feel that game was over the minute the Hyde spot did not go Cleveland's way. I loved what I heard from Hugh Jackson this week to get Nick Chubb more involved because I'm watching that game and he finds that extra gear when Gary on Conley has the angle on the first long run and then some of the jump cuts he made on the second long run this guy needs to be a bigger part of the offense. Yeah, he looked great. I mean, the one, the, the, something that's consistently bit Cleveland every week, and it's easy to kind of just whip through it on Game Pass 2, is they have, I think, hands down, the worst special teams unit in football. It is a disaster, and it's not just the missed field goals. It is punt and kick returns that are creating good field position for the other team. The second thing is that Baker Mayfield, I think all the, all the targets on this team 
are, are getting used to Baker Mayfield's velocity versus Tyrod Taylor's. A couple of them have mentioned that. There are drops. There were a lot of drops against Callaway the Raiders. had an awful game. Five or yeah. six. So terrible drops. I mean, you they got to correct that. And they're playing a Ravens team that gives up 2.3 points per game in the second half. And that's the lowest, in a good way, passer rating for wide receivers. Did you say they so, give up 2.3 points per game in, in the, the second half? half. And they, they haven't, they haven't given up a back. touchdown oh, yet. Thank God. That's good. So this That's is a tough a matchup for Cleveland. It's a tough. It's good that they're home, but uh, and then the other side on the Ravens. I just want to point out. I know we've talked about it in this podcast, but again, uh, Wes wrote about it in his MVP breakdown. Joe Flacco is playing incredibly well right now, and it's what it's fun to kind of go back to the summer and and look at some of the kind of uh, the predictions and the you know the takes and regurgitations of takes that then the season starts and everything goes to hell and everybody doesn't look so smart anymore. But with Joe Flacco, there was a lot of talk like Flacco looks great in camp. He looks motivated. Lamar Jackson's on his tail, but he's going to make sure he's going to put some distance. And he's done that. He looks – I wouldn't say he's 2012 Joe Flacco in the playoffs. I think he's just as good as – Well, he's throwing the ball downfield more. He's throwing the ball with accuracy downfield. He looks like a different guy. And how much does that have to do with his health, which there's no back and knee issues this year, but also – that wide receiver group, which has got completely remade, and it, I think you put those two things together and it explains it's a lot. It's mostly outside of Steve Smith. Why, why did it take them seven years to get a cast around Flacco to make him look better well, along with the fact he doesn't have a back injury? I mean, they've tried. They've put resources in. They haven't p- chosen well. This That's year they a, did. It's been one of the few weaknesses of Ozzie Newsom that he loves old wide receivers who are usually a little washed up. And the ones, the ones that he chose this year, not as old. Uh, they're kind right. of in the middle of their career, but all had questions about them, and they're all hitting. Willie Sneed is a huge addition for this team. I think the Saints kind of miss him. Not that their offense is struggling, but I think they they wish probably he was on their team and Cameron Meredith was not. And I think the Ravens are going to be even more dangerous because they get Hayden Hurst back this week who looked great in the preseason, and I think it's going to be a big factor for them at tight end. It, it's amazing to me they're playing this well, and Alex Collins hasn't done anything yet. Yeah, they don't have much of a running game. Uh, Hayden Hurst could be coming back for Baltimore, their first-round pick, so that would be another weapon. And uh, now Cleveland could not do anything against tight ends in Oakland, so that that is a concern. But the Browns, you know what we're going to see? Probably a fun game. Every four week. for four. They could be four and zero. They could be zero and four. But every game has been entertaining, right down to the last drive. Uh, let's move on. The Green Bay Packers coming off that twenty-two uh, nothing win over the Bills. Uh, in week four, now travel to Detroit to face the Lions, who are one and three, and uh, it's 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 been a frustrating start for Matt Patricia and company, Chris Wessling. Uh, now they get a Packers team that's still trying to figure it out on offense. Not only trying to figure it out, but might be starting three different rookies at wide receiver this week. Randall Cobb has a hamstring injury, Geronimo Allison is concussed, and Devontae Adams came down with a calf injury that forced him to miss Thursday's practice. They might be starting Marquez Vol. Valdez Scantling, Jamon Moore, and Equinemius St. Brown as their three wide receivers. That would obviously be That's an edge for the Lions, but the way Aaron Rodgers is playing, and I got a lot of flack for putting him in my top ten in the MVP award, that just tells me that these people aren't watching Aaron Rodgers play every week. What? Or they've, gotten, get- they've gotten too used to him being great and not seeing how it stands out compared to everyone else. I don't. I don't detract from Aaron Rodgers because his receivers drops his perfectly thrown passes. That's, he's played crazy. He's, I, I did the QB index for the first time this week where you rank, I ranked all 32 and you do like an average score per game. I would say he's been the most consistent quarterback where he's basically been the same very good player every week. I had him as number four right now behind Breeze, 
Goff and Mahomes, but like that's it, fair. It's hard for me to imagine anyone else you would put him below this year, other than those three guys. Give me a break. You have to think this is a good outside of the issue personnel issues for Green Bay. Outside of that Patriots game, the Lions have the worst red zone defense. They have they're giving up 35 points per game and 200 yards rushing, which is a great sign because the Packers are feeling Aaron Jones right now. Aaron Rodgers wants him to play. McCarthy's talking him up. That guy's got to get more touches. Stafford looked better last week. He has been really just blending into the background, which is strange for Matthew Stafford the first three weeks of the season, if missing a lot of deep throws. I thought that was at least a, a positive for them coming out of the Dallas game. They, I thought they had jump-started their season with the Patriots win, and then they lose the next week. They've had, they sandwiched that Patriots win, the Lions, with two kind of heartbreaking losses. If they can beat the uh, Packers at home, a Packers team that is banged up, you find out you get you get your feet under yourself again, and you're okay at two and three. It's a big game for the Lions because they're kind of banged if they lose. If this. they if they lose in that division, you're good. Night. I gotta if be you honest go, with you boys. If you go one and four, you have a six point six percent chance of making the playoffs since 1990. Mm. I I gotta be honest with you, feeling pretty good about the Lions in this game. Ooh, you gonna how good? Daddy's one and three. Daddy can't get crazy. (laughs) I was gonna say, but I do. I would predict them to win this game. We shall see what happens. Uh, Moving on, the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, trounce the Jets in Week Four, and now riding high at three and one, they travel to Kansas City to face the only undefeated team remaining in the AFC. It is the Chiefs on a short week. Oh, but what a week it was because Patrick Mahomes. absolutely uh, cemented himself as a early MVP favorite with a brilliant fourth quarter against the Broncos. They come from behind 27-23 win. If you want to if you if you're hankering for our our analysis on that game and you you're like, "Oh, where you is You obviously it? are. So. It's the Tuesday Twitter show. We we uh, bre- we start every episode uh, with a breakdown uh, what mattered from Monday Night Football. So cycle back and check that out if you're curious. But now, Greg Rosenthal, let's talk about this game. This is the game of the week. Game of the week. Oh, yeah. Game of the week. I mean, this is maybe the game of the year. Just oh, in terms slow of down, Greg. Slow down. Well, just in terms of the matchup Reckless. that I, you know, you're watching this offensive supernova team who has been extra good at home. Offensive against supernova. <laughs> against <laughs> I don't know if that's an underrated uh, Oasis song, but I would say number two all time behind Live Forever. I don't think it's – I think okay. it's deeply okay on with people's that? radar. I don't only know like, Oasis. <laughs> that was Hang like on. a smash hit for them. Uh, okay. I think it's an epic that – there weren't a lot of epics in the 90s. People, people got sick of it. I didn't get sick of it. I'm not sick Good of you, watching Greg. this. Uh, so it's like the rare seven-minute long radio play. Right. It's just, you know. It's true. Extended, Dan. Long song. What was the, the back to you, Greg? The, yeah, the GNR uh, back to back. November Rain oh, was. Yeah. Those are the two kind of epic songs of alternative rock in the '90s. Hi guys, we're old. Listen to us. Um, <laughs> the the Chiefs in this offense going up against this defense, and you almost get the feeling that the Jaguars are like epic by faith. No more. Another kind of yeah, it's a, good. Solid this is long. Greg banger. is struggling here to get the flopping fish. <laughs> yes. How about Ugly Kid Joe? I hate Ugly everything about friend. you. Was that an Well, now you're epic? just naming songs. <laughs> yeah. I like how, like, Erica Erica was four and a half years old when this happened, maybe, if not less. What year was it? How old are you? I don't know. Uh, it was ni- – we're talking, like, 1990. Faith No More, that was, like, 91, maybe. Greg's yeah. itching, 91? Greg's itching yeah. to talk rap right now. Yeah. You want to no, get a rap taken I'm, there? I'm, you don't – can you figure out how old you were then in 1991? What in was 1991, the? I was not created. Wow. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Not created. <laughs> Yes. Interesting terminology. That's so concerning. I had uh, a job. 
Yeah, I'm so concerned. Were you made like in a lab or something? Yeah, no, uh, I was born in 1992. Uh, okay, good year. Yeah, Mark was in Mark, co- Mark was in college then. <laughs> no, uh, no, not no, true. I'm just yeah, she, <laughs> getting close. Actually, I was at the well, tail end. Started, started in August <laughs> or September. Yeah. Yep. That's cute. Uh, uh, I know. I want to. You know, forget Faith no more. I want to talk about <laughs> Tyree Kill, Jalen Ramsey, Ugly it's, Kid Joe. Oh my it's, God. It's gonna get a lot of attention because of the trash talking. I don't care about that as much as just Jalen Ramsey saying, "Look, I'm gonna be up there on the line of scrimmage, press man coverage. Let's see what Tyree can Hill Hill can do. What better matchup could you have?" Can we ask for better reporting than tattle mongering? Mm. Like this has become reporting over the last three or four years in the NFL. So and so player said so and so about you. What do you have to say to that? Oh damn. It's just like old. All right, it's already a great matchup, as Greg said. I, in fact, I would love to pick the Jaguars in this game, but I can't because the greatest mystery in the NFL in 2018, 2017, which Blake Bortles are you going to get in a given mm. week? You just don't it's know. Fair. And D.D. Westbrook had a great game last week against your Jets, Dan. He it, did. They're it not did. A everybody bad, did, but he did as well. They're not. A, they have a pretty good receiver group. It, despite um, you know the big injury that they lost, I mean Keelan Cole and Westbrook to me is a, a fine starting group, and they're explosive. I think if you're the Jaguars, and so far this year you have one great Bortles game, one good, very good Bortles game, and then two cl- clunkers, or two games where it looked like he didn't that's, know how to play. Quarterback. That's just the ratio. That's gonna be the ratio. If you're the I think Chiefs, you just I don't think you can it. win a Super Bowl if that's the ratio that you're getting and out of your yeah, quarterback. Yeah, I don't think they can win a Super Bowl. Well, then that's on them because they spent all offseason trying to convince us how into Blake Bortles they were. But this should be a good one because you're playing the Chiefs defense who can't tackle anyone. You can right. run on that defense too. I mean, if you're the Chiefs, this is the Jaguars, then you have the Patriots, then the Bengals. That's a, We're going to find out what we think. I think it was on our Twitter show where I was saying I thought this Chiefs team is so different than the ones before, but I wonder if I'll be saying that after those three games. Not getting Eric Berry back and then not being able to trade for Earl Thomas, which Ian Rappaport reported they were very keen on doing, is is a killer combo. But they do have players playing well. Like, D. Ford is playing well, and he's yeah. he was back at practice. Played well against Denver. Chris Jones is playing well. You know, they, they have played. I do think, actually, the defense can come together, and I, w- I would love the that. The secondary would bother me, but the rest of it, yeah. We're going to get Tony Romo in the booth on this one, right? I would hope so. I mean, Wes watches uh, – do you know that Wes, he watches the condensed generally? But for Romo every week, he just treats himself and I watches the full two hours. That's pour, true. Pour myself a glass of wine, get out the charcuterie oh, board, watch Tony Romo. <laughs> I, I also that. do that for Packers games. I would put – A couple, uh, like, Kleenexes. You know, it's just like <laughs> a great night at home. I'd put Romo on Cardinals Niners. That is a heat seeker. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Ben. Uh, moving on. Oh, let's pick that game. Let's pick Jacksonville, KC. I'm taking the Jags. Uh, Chiefs. I'm taking the Chiefs at home. I would have taken either home team. This is a this is a coin flip. Uh, let's go with the Chiefs at home. But it could go either way. Moving on, the Denver Broncos. They could not defeat the Chiefs on Monday Night Football, dropping to two and two. Painful loss uh, for the Broncos. They now travel to the Meadowlands to face the Jets, who have been woeful since Week One. Uh, here's a here's a nug. That's not a great nug. If you're a Jet fan, they scored 31 points in the third quarter against the Lions in the Monday night opener. They've scored 41 points in the 13 quarters since. So this is an offense that has completely gone off the rails. Sam Darnold is missing throws. Uh, I, I believe the scheming is is not great either. The protection's not great. The running game's not great. Everything's a mess. So the Broncos, I think, uh, as a road team, you got to feel pretty good going into the Meadowlands because the Jets can't score. 
I'd yeah. agree with you. I one thing that really bothers me about the Jets watching their offense, and I watched that Jaguars game this morning, and it's at 38 minutes. I will not get back in my life, but. Yes. It, it is – I feel for Sam Darnold because I don't know what's going on. I don't know what the, what the thinking is during the week when they prepare for these games. But we know that he's not throwing the ball deep downfield and not calling those plays. But it's third and seven over and over, and they're asking him to dump the ball off to Isaiah Crowell two yards behind the line of scrimmage. And he goes, he goes four yards, gets ransacked, and the Jets seem to have – they seem to be – idea free on offense and it's an indictment of the coaching staff because I do wonder if there was a different group of thinkers in that building that we would see a different start for Sam Darnold it's I I don't want to let him off the hook I think he's going to have a good career but AJ Boye dropped a pick six Jalen Ramsey dropped an easy interception in the end zone there was a pick called back Darnold's one touchdown came when they recovered a fumble inside the 10 yard line so he didn't have to do much I mean he looks lost to me like Dan said well I, you, I would like to know where you rank Case Keenum, Greg, in your quarterback index. Because he, he's not having a good year. No, he is 20, 24. It's not like right the Broncos behind, have a major quarterback advantage. He's 24, which is, you know. It's about where he is. Yeah, that it's not great. It's behind Bortles. It's behind Tannehill. Uh, he is a guy who needs to play freely, I think. he He just feels like a rhythm kind of streaky guy who needs to play freely and once he started throwing some interceptions earlier this year he's not playing as freely I thought actually his game against the Chiefs was maybe his best game until he missed that throw at the end but there's just something about him that's just very up and down and you can almost like see him thinking as he's holding the ball which has been him most of his career if you take away last season we wouldn't be surprised and we're not surprised now I think it's a good matchup for the Jets I, I mean you might say okay Broncos feel good for a road game sure but this is a game the Jets can absolutely win. They can win, sure. And I, I just to to circle back to Keenum for one more second. That every t- obviously there's only one team that wins the Super Bowl. All the other teams that you can a lot of a lot of teams you could point to one play a season that will just haunt your dreams. And missing Demarius Thomas down the sideline, what a moment that would have been in Denver, and what a win that would have been for the Broncos. It could change the whole complexion of that division, and he'll never get that throw back. So I wonder if they'll look back at the season and that will haunt them. And, and on feels- that drive, he made a couple money throws, too. I mean, there are, he is. I am not giving up on the Broncos as a team that's going to be hanging around in They're December frisky. and maybe spoil some team right. season. We were talking about the wild card teams. I think Denver is just like the Dolphins, like the Browns, like the, the Ravens or the Steelers. They're in the mix, I think. I think what you talked about, that play that Keenum missed, feels to me like the opposite of the play that Mariota made and gave the Titans one of the biggest wins any team will have all year. This was one of the biggest losses any team will Dar- have all year. Darnold is similarly, I don't know if it's overthinking, but he he is trying to figure out the balance of the best thing he does right now is kind of get outside the pocket and make you know second reaction plays. And but trying to figure out the balance of doing that or doing that too much, like you got to yeah. be decisive and make I a mean, throw. I mean, so we spent all last off season, you know, glowing and rightfully so for what Sean McVay was help, how he was helping Jared Goff before the snap and probably all week long. I just feel that that what's missing here on this coaching staff, which is pretty, there's not a lot of identity on this coaching staff. Is someone helping Darnold the same way? Well, we're gonna find out, and I think this is a big game for the Jets' season because. If they stink out the joint again, on, and the defense, I think, has been fine on balance. They they struggled last week, and, and that's a whole other conversation. But um, if the Jets are aimless again on offense and, and Darnold just is lost and doesn't look right, I start to worry as a Jets fan if this is Jared Goff 
in 2016. If this is Mitch Trubisky last year where it's just now a countdown, okay, this is going to be the lost rookie season, and then hopefully they hire the right guy in January. I hope it's not going to go that route. But That's I'm what I've been nervous. expecting since the day they announced. And, I've, and I, I get was, that. And I was saying it at the time. I've been expecting that since the day they announced Todd Bowles was coming back. I but never... goddamn, if, if he didn't look great in week one and that offense. But wait a minute. Good. But wait a minute. Well, actually, if you go through a painful season and then you get the next Matt Nagy or Sean McVay, aren't you in a much better place? Sure. Right. So you do want that. I, I, wanted, I wanted to have fun watching the season. I don't want to watch another 4-12, and 5-11. and 11. I, I get want, that. I want, but yeah. I want Darnold to have growth and be in an offense that's functional and not incompetent, but we'll see what happens. Moving on, the Atlanta Falcons, who have been incompetent on defense this season, uh, 28th in the league overall, giving up more points than all but two teams in the league, and now 1-3 and three after letting one get away against the Bengals. Travel to Pittsburgh to face the Steelers. This is another tough game, Wes, for the Falcons because the Steelers need a win in a bad way too, and they're in their own building. It's a battle of incompetent defenses. The Steelers' defense isn't much better than the Falcons. Um, I I worry about the Falcons. Greg has picked them as one of his teams as he sees, he sees as a riser in the second half of the season. They, came, they just came off of three really good Matt Ryan games, and I don't think it's any coincidence all three of them came in their home field in a dome, and now they go play outdoors. And Matt Ryan didn't play so well outdoors in the season opener. Um, I feel so good about this, as a matter of fact. Oh. Uh-oh. What? That I'm locking up the one-win Steelers. All right. I like that one. That's a good one. I was thinking of locking up the Falcons. Do it. Lock off. Lock off. Do it. When Grady Jarrett was out, that was like, oh, this is too much. Oh, okay. They lost their next. I mean, it's like Why every not just week. do it anyways? I get it. Because I don't really believe it. I mean, mm. I don't ever really believe my locks, really but he cares about this segment. <laughs> wants to win desperately. <laughs> Desperate. <laughs> you want the trophy. Just admit it. You want it on the desk. In a, in a separate segment, you called the Falcons your riser. Yeah. So they, I would say if they lose this, they have essentially fallen out of the race entirely. If they go one and four. No, I would. I'd let's say, make it interesting. I'd say there's 12 games left. <laughs> oh, wait, let's no, I'm not a remotely interested. <laughs> when I found a Grady Jarrett, losing Grady Jarrett, he's probably the most valuable player on their defense. To lose that after what the, I've, you've seen over the last couple of weeks, yeah. it's, a, it's a tough ask. Rough. It's a tough ask, but I think these are two sloppy teams. I just think the Steelers are going to find ways to lose games this year in general. I don't know if it'll be this week or not, but is they Is that a predictable thing? Like they they are sloppy. They just it just everything around that team smells like a team that is going to have a franchise changing type of season. No team in the and league for, has more penalties and, and for it them, shows. For them that's 8 and 8. So you have to win 8 games along the way. Like if they if they go 7 and 9 or 8 and 8, they're going to blow this thing up and I think they could be headed. One there. great thing from our research book and so Tamposi was born in 1992. You have to go back to when she was negative four uh, in 1988, the last time the Steelers works. finished in last place in their division. That's how consistent this team is. Mike Tomlin was in high school. Antonio Brown was five months old. Negative four BLC. That's right. Uh, Mike Tomlin, by the way, get your team under control with all these penalties. Yeah. Well, to Greg's point, they look slot. They, it, it does, you, you don't see the stat that they have the most penalties. You're not surprised by it because it shows up every week in killer They're situations. They're not built for Ben Roethlisberger to be a mistake-prone, ultimately average quarterback, which he's been through four weeks. It, Even like his it. good games, like the, the Chiefs game and what's the other game I'm, I'm thinking of? He – he made a ton of mistakes. Even in their games where they scored a lot of points, he's been pretty sloppy. It's time to get James Washington involved. 
And Antonio Brown has not had a really, like, insane Antonio Brown game. Oh, yeah. I no. think it happens this week, 160-plus yards. And a lock touch. it up. If we did, I would lock that up. But it's individual lockups. We're not there yet as a group. No, I meant lock up the Steelers. Oh, no, no, no. I don't trust the Steelers right now okay. at all. <laughs> okay. Moving on. Uh, the Oakland Raiders, they got a win they needed desperately against the Browns just barely, 45-42. The offense came to life, though. Got to give them credit. As much as we buried the officials for kind of taking that win from the Browns, it was, the, it was the Raiders who went right down the field, scored, got the two-point conversion, and then won the game in OT. So that was a nice win for them. They now travel uh, to Los Angeles to face the Chargers. Greg Rosenthal, uh, you got uh, Derek Carr, Philip Rivers, John Gruden looking to build off that win. I've I've never felt different, more different about the Chargers than the public does than this team. Uh, at least in terms of that, I look at them more negatively than the public does. I usually wow. am mm, thinking that's new. that they're gonna be a great value. Let's say you know this isn't gambling advice, but they're they're often no, no, kind no. of undersold. Whereas this year, week after week, people can you know people in the desert consider them heavy favorites. And I just don't see that team this year. They're a great offense, a special teams that'll get you beat and a pretty bad defense, which doesn't really have an identity because you were expecting the secondary to be good. And all the secondary does is give up big play after big play. So I, I don't I know, know. Joey Bosa is killing them on both yes. uh, in the pass rush and in the second 49ers could have easily won that game uh, a week ago. That looked like a team that looked like a game between two very evenly matched Yikes. teams. And I, I see the same this week. Uh, between the Raiders and the Chargers. These are just two teams right smack in the middle of the NFL that you'd kind of expect it's going to come down to the last couple of minutes. And, you know, in that case, I kind of expect, like, the Chargers special teams or something to, to blow it sometimes. So two you, middle of the road, you, turds in the bowl. You saying. see these two teams as fairly even? I, I feel like their 2018 play has been very even, yes. They've looked about the same, right smack in the middle. Raiders, let's see. I think the Chargers offense is – Mountains better than the Raiders offense. I do, too. Way, way better. I do, too. But the special teams has been so bad for the Chargers. And that's like – I'm not going to ignore that. And the defense has been just as bad as the Raiders' defense. The Chargers have been a little bit better. You're right. They have – Raiders spot. averaging well over 400 yards per game on offense. The one thing I thought – They have the number nine well, offense in the league. You talk about Big, Big Ben being sloppy. Derek Carr is throwing some yep. awful interceptions this year. Good good running game. Uh, I think Marshawn Lynch looks awesome. Yes. He's he looked w- awesome against Cleveland. What's Doug Martin doing on this roster? I don't know. I don't Maybe he won't there. be there for John long. John Gruden, like, you know – says he feels bad that he can't get Martin in the game. No, Marshall Lynch is one of the stories of the year. But to your point, Wes, uh, the Raiders ninth in offensive efficiency, according to Football Outsiders. That checks out. They've been fine on offense. When the quarterback isn't throwing bad interceptions and when Martavis Bryant, who hasn't had a good year in four years, isn't dropping easy touchdowns. I also think that the Chargers' lack of a home field advantage is – is so underplayed. I think it's a significant disadvantage. You think it's underplayed? I feel like it's pretty well I established think that it's I, a bad situation. How is it going to improve, by the way, when they move to an even bigger stadium that they can't fill? I mean, this I think, whole thing I think they have less of a Send them to London. I think they have less of a chance to win in L.A. than they do on the road. I think they like being on the road. It was embarrassing last week. The 49ers fans took over that stadium. It's going to be the exact same thing this week with the Raiders. And to me, there's just something – 
deflating, and there's something that's going to pick up the Raiders. When you're, when you're scoring a touchdown on the road and the crowd's going crazy, give me a break. Speaking of all-pro wide receivers, we're waiting for a breakout from Keenan Allen has not scored a touchdown since week one and hasn't quite been himself. But this is kind of a bit of a Keenan Allen thing where he'll kind of be quiet, and then you forget about Keenan Allen, and then he rolls off like seven 150-yard games in nine weeks. That just hasn't happened yet. That'll make their offense a lot better, too, once that does happen. Donald Penn was placed on injured reserve for the Raiders, and their number one draft pick, Colton Miller, has not been playing well at all at left tackle. That's one of the reasons they throw the ball so quickly. So that that's a problem for them. Uh, let's uh, take a break here to hear from a sponsor. It's The Athletic. It's a subscription-based publisher of smarter sports coverage for diehard fans. Do not listen to our podcast or our web, read our website. Don't visit our website. You really no, take no, no, no. this yeah. personally every go time. To it's the okay athletic. to have other websites. But very it? seriously, please do go there. Please uh, go to the Athletic. I'm a that subscriber. Is the number one spot to I'm go. I'm paying to. money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where do you go when you have a choice? Athletic or NFL.com? The Athletic. Absolutely. I know where Greg is. Honestly. <laughs> the model is simple no ads, no pop ups, and no autoplay videos. Instead, readers subscribe for authentic, in depth coverage written by journos who know their teams inside and out. Subscribers have access to local and national content with more than 700 news stories published every week across all sports. Mark, will the athletic model work financially? Absolutely. Unquestionably, yes. The answer it's funny is. funny they put yes. that into the ad copy. <laughs> coverage will go really fun. shocking. Recaps and trade speculation to provide smarter analysis and a new perspective about the team and league. Subscribe and be part of the future of sports journalism. Mark Sessler is the athletic, the future of sports journalism. And if so, does that make us the past? Absolutely on both accounts. We are on the wrong side of right. history Dan, right now. The to, athletic is on the right. You need to think long term. At some point, everyone working in sports will work for the athletic. So just, you know, don't burn I any bridges. Right get now. on board. I want you to. Play this back and, and see if I said one thing negative about The Athletic. No. Which is just doing everything better right now. To get 40% off your first year subscription, go to theathletic.com slash around the NFL. That's just two ninety nine a month when you go to theathletic.com slash around the NFL. And guys, you're about to plug because you're trying to get hired by The Athletic. I no. We all no. are. We all want to work for The Athletic. No. I'm not trying that. This is Greg's I apocalypse. It's either take down the sponsor or your own employer. I just He's wish in a I real had this you know, offer code back when I paid. Theathletic.com slash around the NFL. Back to the games. Yeah, like you didn't expense that, please. The Minnesota Vikings are <clears throat> Shit. something up with the Minnesota Vikings. Something don't feel right. Something's not passing the smell test right now. They're 1-2-1. One, one. Uh, they hung with the Rams on the road in a tough situation. That was a tough game for any team. And I, on balance, the Vikings acquitted themselves well, but they couldn't get over the hump, which is telling because they were viewed as a favorite in the NFC. Now they need a win, and now they have to go to Philadelphia to face the defending Super Bowl champion Eagles. Mark Sessler is an NFC championship game rematch, but this time it's Kirk Cousins and Carson Wentz instead of Case Keenum and Nick Foles. It's a depressing rematch, I think, for Vikings fans just because it feels like you're far away from that game right now. I came out of the Titans game not worried at all about Carson Wentz. Well, but that he, game was that was a really bad game for the Vikings. But the idea that you're just going to soar back to the championship against the Eagles or fill in the blank, there's a lot of questions because my the Vikings to your doesn't smell right situation with Minnesota, their offensive line, that's right. You can you can make that that don't is a hideous right. sound effect. I don't need that's that sound effect. That's worse than misophony. The Vikings don't smell. Can we right. cease with that, please? Probably not. It's probably going to go on for the next like. Nine to 12 weeks. That would be my guess. <laughs> Their offensive line is a major issue. They bail on the run slash cannot run the ball. 
There are too many players on their defense completely underperforming. They gave up 15.8 points per game last year. They're up to almost 30 right now, 27.5. They just they're stacked roster-wise and outside of I mean Adam Thielen and the and parts of the offense are what we'd expect, but the whole defense right now has Did anyone really think they were going to beat the Rams at any point last last week? I didn't. No. Not for one second, but, but the I thought Eagles. they were hanging around. The I did, but the they played great offensively. They made the Rams' defense is their little. Uh, My issue is their defense. You know they couldn't do they're a thing against the Rams. But the Eagles are little the Rams. What? No, they're not. And I'm after, not saying that they're, they can't win this game. And it, after watching what Corey Davis did to Jalen Mills, I think that Thielen and Stephon Diggs are licking their chops because this Eagles secondary, without Rodney McLeod and with Jalen Mills really in a slump, they are not playing well. Defense yeah. was disappointing against the Rams. There's no doubt. That's meant to be their it, strength. Late, late, when Kirk Cousins was dropping dimes in the first half, you did get the feeling, oh, they need this game, they want this game after the Bills loss. But their defense just could not short, do anything. Short week and playing the Rams and ha- were dealing with some new injuries in their secondary. They should be a little healthier for this one. And when you look at the Eagles, they're not the same team, obviously, that won the Super Bowl. They've been very mediocre. They're lucky to be 2-2. Two and two. The, two, the two wins that they had could have – easily gone gone the other way and they were outplayed in parts of those and the the biggest change to me for the Eagles is their offensive line is what defined them last year and their offensive line is getting Carson Wentz killed right now they got beat up by Tennessee 17 hits in in both of the last two weeks the the Colts beat them up pretty good up front too so that that just makes you wonder because that's kind of what you think of as the Eagles it is really good uh football talk so far in today's episode guys I'm picking the Vikings in this game. You need a little more mirth. Picking an upset. No, really good. So far, yes. Let's pick the game, Wes. You got you got the Vikings and an upset. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be a blowout or anything. I just have a feeling the Vikings' backs are against the walls and they're going to come up Mm. and win a game. How about you, Mark? Um, I think the Eagles are not about to go two and three. They're going to win. Thought we had you again. Double back on your predictions. <laughs> Keep getting them going no. inside no, out. No, because I. But this is well, the, this is the, the right end of the slide. Going to be a riser in the in this quarter. <laughs> that is year. because of who they have coming up down the stretch. And I, by the way, Mike's prediction ends this week. And I said they would lose three in a row, and this will be the third straight loss. But and you can't really say three. They had already lost one when you made the prediction. Is it factual that it would be a third loss? <laughs> you predicted two losses in a row, but yeah. then you predicted them to but, win the But game I will say prediction. that the Twitter show graphic was generous and said three when that's not really what I said. You but said I, they'd you know. lose twice in a row as road underdogs. Am I? Listen, am I right? We'll find out. If I'm right, it, you know, this whole narrative dies. It the, goes to the bed. Listeners, you're as confused as we are. Just know that. Yeah, I, I think I think the any listener who is intelligent and can read context clues is hanging with us. The Arizona Cardinals. Wait, you didn't oh, pick oh, the yeah. game. What's your pick? I got the Eagles. <laughs> Even though the Eagles aren't playing great, I don't like the Vikings this year. I'm gonna lock it up and take the Eagles. Oh! Not that. Why not? I like that. I don't like this Vikings team. You want a little trivia question? Yeah. Only one defending champion has started a season two and three and gone on to make the playoffs. One ever. What's the question? Which team? Seems like an obvious setup to it, to the to the question there. <laughs> was it the? He got you pretty good. Got was it the Cowboys? The year Emmitt Smith held out. You right team, wrong year. Oh. The '96 Cowboys. Mm. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. I just shouldn't miss his toaster. Maybe pulled a Sessler and got too specific with my answer. <laughs> the Arizona Cardinals, 0 and four. They've been competitive at least the last two weeks. They lost by two points to the Bears, three points to the Seahawks. Wait, you're giving out cookies? Cupcakes? Uh, Yes. For the Cardinals and their fans, yes, I'm going to do it. All right. Here are your cookies, ladies and gentlemen. They now travel to San Francisco to face the 
49ers, uh, Wes, uh, and uh, Josh Rosen gets the build off a promising first start. That was, he was not bad in that game. Yeah, I thought this this is a battle of two quarterbacks that played better than you would think looking at the box scores or, or hearing people talk about it. Josh Rosen made some big throws, and the ball placement on that one throw down the sideline to Chad Williams between two defenders that was, I think, overturned and called a non-catch when it was definitely a catch. Well, it looked like a catch to me. Anyway, yes, Josh Rosen, promising first start. I liked what I saw out of him, and it wouldn't, pri- it wouldn't surprise me if they won this game. That was the highest-graded performance by a rookie quarterback in their first start, I think, that Pro Football Focus has ever had. Really? Which surprised me, but it, there may not be, like, a, a long wow. list. Uh, and it was one of the reasons why I was especially furious at Mike McCoy and really Steve Wilkes. He said he was the one who told them to run it three straight times. Josh Rosen was dealing in the fourth quarter of that game. He was the best player on the team, and they took the ball out of his hands. And that's why I really – as a, I'm someone that's rooting for Rosen – in general, I just really like him, want him to do well, and I'm convinced this is the wrong staff for him, and I'm annoyed by that because it's I'm I don't annoyed by might it be for a few years here. It's not a great start for this uh, in a bad Steve team Wills coaching staff. in a bad team too. Do you like C.J. Beathard? I d- I do think that he might be like one of the 35 best quarterbacks in the NFL. Wow, that's I good. think that he's Type his race. arm isn't like what you would want from a starter, but. And he's, he's going to get hurt because he sits in there and takes too many hits. But I, I do like him. It's he can telling definitely that, move the chains. telling that Shanahan, they could have gone out and tried to find someone else or made some sort of a trade and shown ultra confidence in him right I, away. I also am annoyed that Kyle Shanahan doesn't have a better team. Here he's now wasting a year two, essentially. And I think he can be one of the great coaches in the league. But he's right in the middle of his coach in prime. And, and that's, that is one reason to believe in Beathard, though, is because – this is the guy Shanahan wanted in the third round last year, way earlier than people expected. And it's the guy that Shanahan's been coaching every day and believes in for a year and a half. So that alone, if, if Kyle Shanahan believes in him, makes me believe in him. Uh, let's continue to spin through the late games on Sunday. The Los Angeles Rams, uh, after a little mini buy, uh, travel to Seattle to face the Seahawks. Here's the Rams. You want to talk about consistency on offense in their first four weeks. 33 points, 34 points, 35 points, 38 points. It's a team that averaged 30 points last year uh, in the 16 games the starters played. Uh, they face a, a Seahawks team, Greg, that has kind of gotten off the mat here with back-to-back wins, but this is going to be a much bigger challenge than they had against Dallas and Arizona. It is, especially because Earl Thomas isn't there. I mean, I think there's been so much focus on the, the off-the-field stuff with Earl Thomas that we kind of lose the fact that this is a team in Seattle I think had a chance to make the playoffs. I know they're an ugly team, but I think they're going to be tough to play at home. I think the defense is coming together. And Earl Thomas, other than Bobby Wagner, you know, is maybe the most valuable player on that defense. Maybe he's even more valuable than Wagner. And now you take him out of the mix, and it's just a little harder to imagine them slowing the Rams down. One thing I'm keeping an eye on with the Seahawks is a guy Mark loved in the preseason, David Moore. They are talking about taking some snaps away from Brandon Marshall Please. and giving him to David Moore, and I can't wait to see that happen because I, I thought David Moore showed a lot of playmaking ability in the preseason. Why not do that? I I was thinking about this Rams team. Could they beat an AFC Pro Bowl team? An AFC Pro Bowl defense, if you put up the Rams for four quarters? No. I mean, well, that really? it's, it's a weird alternate universe where this team has to be training the entire offseason together with a quality head coach. But if that's the, the AFC, no, I yeah. think I think you because there'll be such a talent, 
like in theory, the talent would be so much more for the Pro Bowl team that they have that one week, well, they, and then they oh, get the they Rams only have team one in like week? week 14. Yeah, I would take a lot of NFL teams over a one-week Pro Bowl team. I think the continuity they, of, of you knowing every, you know, being a team. I mean, in this case, I'm not just saying any team. I'm saying the Rams' star power. They're like they could have question? seven Pro Bowlers. Can I ask your question. I guess this is how the show works. You're allowed to. Are they? Is this Pro Bowl team playing a three-four or a four-three? <laughs> They're very hybrid. They mix between the two That's at will. That's a surprising question you've ever this, had. No idea why. Is, this like a, is it a home game for the Rams, or are they on the road? It would like be in Honolulu, <laughs> a neutral site. But then that would be a Pro Bowl home game, right? I mean, I, I guess, guess, but I don't I, know. No, that's a very milk toast fan. I don't know if the like the Waikiki locals are like, yeah, right. we really support Team Sanders. Is Deion Sanders I mean, the coach? That's Rams games are not roster. the biggest home field advantage in the league either. By the way, who's the defensive coordinator matching wits with Sean McVay? Right. The loser of the AFC championship. Like, or right, no, it, or, or Deion Sanders. Right. Is it Deion Sanders? Deion Sanders. And like Jerry I'll, I'll Rice is his <laughs> offensive coordinator. I'll take the Rams. If it's Deion. Sean McVay versus Michael Irvin. I'll go Saddle with the Rams. Uh, where were we? In Seattle for a, oh. a big game. that uh, This was the game, remember, last year when the Rams, it was kind of that, hey, this is the changing of the guard. At the moment that the Rams went up there and cleaned their clocks, it wasn't necessarily clear that the Rams were even you know, going to win the division. And now it just feels like it'd be stunning if the Seahawks won this. And the Seahawks are still not taking care of Russell Wilson. Dwayne Brown might be there, but he's taking more sacks and QB hits against um, the Rams in his career than any other team. So they go and get Russell Wilson and uh, he's the he's their only hope, I think, in this game. If he has one of those special Russell Wilson, he needs to play better. I mean, I I can smell the uh, the twelves coming at me this week because Russell Wilson's twenty one in the QB index. Ooh. I don't think he's played. Why well. are we so into smelling on this preview show? Everyone's smelling things. <laughs> I, it's kind of gross. I don't like it. Less, less, please. Greg's got a little congestion up there. <laughs> I mean, it's a big Just, honker. I don't it's all me. relative. There's always going to be something up there. Uh, let's move on. <laughs> Gross. The Cowboys. Why, Greg? Why, Greg? Why did you say what that? What the hell is going on out there? Uh, the Cowboys. What are you talking about? <laughs> Apologies, Erica. Just saying I got a big nose. There's a lot to fill. You I, know? I never noticed you Why? had a big nose. Why can't it oh, yeah, simply be two clear channels? Family. Why must it be congested in your mind all the time? Let's get back to the Rosenthal family tree. Is that a, a trait? Oh, yeah, me and my dad. Nice, big. I mean, his, his is bigger, but, yeah, nice, big one. I think you have a nice nose, Greg. <laughs> yeah, I never noticed. Uh, the Cowboys, Sunday Night Football. Sometimes a big nose can be nice. and It depends. No know. doubt. We'll take your word on <laughs> that. Scotty Pippen. <laughs> Sunday Bill, Night Football. Bill the the Cowboys. Wow. The Cowboys are back um, on Sunday Night Football again. And uh, they are 2-2, two and two, and they had a last-second <laughs> win uh, against the Lions uh, that was set up uh, by Dak to Zeke. So uh, that was a nice win. Jarrah's feeling himself. The Cowboys feeling good. Now they travel to Houston uh, to face the Texans, who got off the mat uh, after an 0-3 start, uh, outlasting the Colts 37-34. to Mark Sessler, was that a breakthrough for the Cowboys offense uh, at the end of uh, last week? Or is it still a situation where you're wondering how they're going to score points to win games? I'm not wondering if they have one of the best players in the entire league in Ezekiel Elliott. I'm, I, I will continue to wonder about the rest of the offense. That wasn't the question. That, that what was the question? I thought, am I still worried about their offense? Yeah. Is it a sign of things to come that the way they were able to get I am those still, points at the end no, of the I don't game? Think, I think that is, if anything, maybe an aberration against a Lions yeah. team that's getting crushed on defense three out of four games so far. The answer is the 1996 Cowboys. <laughs> 
Hey, listen, a little <laughs> trivia question. I give Wes half a point for that. I'll Good. take it. You got the right team. That was a funny yeah. <laughs> callback. What what was the setup here? What am I supposed to be doing? Sorry, at this point? I'm, you, you I answered it. I apologize, Mark. I this game is on my radar, and I may have to somehow <laughs> schedule a doctor's appointment on Sunday night or something that will get me out of watching this. Do you want to go back uh, to the ER? I might, yeah. because this is two teams that have so much ego that they refuse to solve their own issues in the off season. <laughs> oh, the Cowboys simply said we're going <laughs> to cut Des Bryant. Do nothing at wide receiver and hope that a rookie we draft and talk about him as he's an, you know a number one X wide receiver and then you find out now you got nothing and the Texans I understood that you added a few linemen but not a single one of them have a grade of higher than like 56 on PFF right now it's a disastrous What's an line average, uh, on PFF? out of a hundred so I mean you, what would be that's a D essentially yeah, D you get into like the or green territory Sorry. when you have like the set six seventies and eighties I mean please Just be confident and I think they look at their backfield they had an injured running back who was good last year but he was injured this offseason. And you're trying to tell us that two-time making the leap bust Lamar Miller is your starter in 2018. Sit down. I, it's going to be hard to follow that if you just killed both teams. But uh, Titans right tackle Julian Davenport, or Texans tackle Julian Davenport, had five penalties the week before. So they benched him, and then left tackle Martinez Rankin got worked over last week by uh, the Colts. This is an awful offensive line, and I'm not sure if they're even the worst – position group on this team their cornerbacks are wretched mm. they don't cover anyone then again like you know boo-hoo you have to watch a football game with deshaun watson jj watt jadevian clowney ezekiel elliott deandre marcus lawrence cry me a river buddy i have my preferences and that's your preference not mine <laughs> Wait, i'm just saying there's some there's i some do think deshaun watson in the offense uh, again in the end of that colts game look good you're missing a couple of stars jalen smith is a star now and Leighton Vander Ash, the Cowboys' first yes, round pick, played really well in place of Sean Lee last week. And, and was the that Jadavian Clowney's best game this year by far? I'm this ever. Year. I don't think no. Ever. He's had some dominant games, but you're right, Vander Ash. Even when he came in for when Lee first got hurt two weeks ago, he just popped uh, to the point that I don't think they're going to take him out of the starting lineup anytime soon. That's he's good. Just figure out, they got to figure out how to stay on the field. Jalen Smith might end up losing some snaps. How many, they're going to play three linebackers. How many years did Sean Lee? get hurt, and the Dallas defense immediately went down the tube. 14 or 15. So good have point. Some depth is good there. And That's uh, why you're in the lab. Thank you. Thank you. And anytime, Mark, you want to join us, open it. I feel completely confident roaming around unscathed on the other floors of the house, <laughs> locking you in that lab. Speaking of locking, uh, when we talk oh. about that wide open oh, yeah, AFC. Yeah, we're running out of time here. Uh, when we talk about that wide open AFC. Uh, I believe the Houston Texans are going to be in that mix as well. And you know what? To get into that mix, you can't start one and four. You need to start stacking some dubs and put yourself in position to make a December run. And that's why at home, uh, Deshaun Watson knocking off the rust now, looking better and better. Watt is back to being J.J. Watt. Clowney, primetime, the crowd. And a Cowboys team, yes, the defense is much improved, but that offense stinks, and you know it. That's why I'm going to lock up the Houston Texans. Also, to get their one and three, I'm one and three in locks. We're both going to be two and three by Sunday night. <laughs> Shoot for the stars. Bang. Bang. Sit down, Newt Rockney. Let's uh, move on. <laughs> Monday night football. <laughs> uh, the He's been sitting for some time. Uh, or prone. The Washington Redskins are two and or cremated. I don't really know what they did with yeah, we'll Rockney's body after – uh, he passed it's actually away. a very painful topic for the family. So yeah, we, we I'm going to move on. The Washington Redskins Monday night football coming off that ridiculous week four bye. Travel to the Superdome 
to face the Saints. The Saints, uh, we talked about it earlier, took care of business against the Giants. A nice road win for the team. Now they're back in the Dome. And uh, Chris Wessling, mm. sneaky good Redskins defense. Can they slow down Drew Brees and the Saints? I like the way you sneaky good there because the Redskins defense is better than people think. I believe statistically they're top five this year. Um, I don't know if they're going to end up there, but they're a top ten defense. The Saints are feeling themselves on offense. Uh, Alvin Kamara had a great game. And Taysom Hill. This guy, you hear all, all – Put him on the MVP list. I, I put him on oh, mine. Come on, Greg. Calm down with the Taysom Hill MVP. stuff. MVP. You, you hear all August about how the Ravens are going to do this and they're going to do that with Lamar Jackson. The Saints are going to do so much more with Taysom Hill this year than the Ravens are ever going to do in 2018 with Lamar Jackson. This guy gets the ball in his hands and makes plays. And you get Mark Ingram back, Mark which I think is – I have a no problem with a team getting a fresh – Hard-nosed running back in week five. You've oh, gotten yeah. the first month of the season out of the way. This is an asset to the Saints. I mean, sometimes suspensions are not the worst thing if they play into keeping you healthy. Tom Brady, 2016. I think it was a factor in them winning the Super Bowl. Just saying. That's a good point. Keep them healthy. By both of you. I, I and also Dan, like- Dan obviously agreeing. <laughs> oh, my God, what a point. <laughs> <laughs> I, I also like like Sean Payton. I, I, well, he, like, wears kind of – everything that he does on his sleeve, he wants to let you know how smart he is with Taysom Hill. And I, I embrace that. Like, he wants to show you, look at this. I'm going to have fun. You don't think I'm going to take out Drew Brees on one of the biggest snaps of the game? I'm, I'm going to do, do it, it, and it's going to work. And Taysom Hill is a freak of nature that I want to make everyone know. It feels like a bad quality for most humans, but a good quality for an offensive coordinator. Yes. Greg, you're very excited about Taysom Hill. But you're right, though. Like, when he is on the field, he pops. He moves fast. He's his body type is it, it's, it doesn't really make sense. He's like he looks like a t- quarterback, but then he'll like shoot down. He'll go up the uh, in between the tackles. We're gonna Christian McCaffrey, or he'll bolt to the outside. He claims he's MVP, faster. I than, don't know, but he claims he's faster than Alvin Kamara. And he's, a, he's like one of the best gunners on special teams in I the think, league. I think Vic and RG three are the only quarterbacks ever to run a faster forty. Than Taysom Hill. This is a tasty uh, Monday night match. Well, what I really like this. Let's Red pick this team. one. They're, they're so Any Adrian school. Peterson revenge factor here? <laughs> <laughs> I this is a team that cut him to the wind. I don't think year. the Saints did Adrian Peterson wrong. No, Mark. All right. No, I but, attempted to. But <laughs> that in there. Pick this game, Mark. Uh, Saints at home. Saints on a primetime slate, please. Sneaky good. What Redskins defense, Wes? I know, but I, I, I don't think Alex Smith can keep up with Drew Brees in a shootout. Mm. Really? No, I don't. He's done that before. I think Kirk Cousins can. Breeze I don't has think owned Alex, Smith, Alex Smith for the most part. I think the Saints win. Didn't Alex Al- Smith keep up with Drew Brees in a shootout in the playoffs one year? In you know, yes, that was his best, yes. best moment but in his he, career. But I'm he, just saying is all. He had, he had the 49ers talent, not Paul Richardson and Josh Doxson. Uh, they don't throw the Josh Doxson, who, who what? When's the last time Josh Doxson made a play? Oh. 2009. I'll take, uh, I'll, take, I'll take the home team. Saints. I I just I'm gonna take the Saints too, and then I'm gonna jam in a point that has nothing to do with that, <laughs> and that's that. Wes has been saying like you could tell Adrian Peterson from last year he's the same guy this year. I think he's another level. That week three, he's the same guy. The, the week playing behind a much better offensive the line with a quarterback. Game, the suddenness and the explosion. He looks, it was there last year. He looks like he like he hasn't looked in about four or five years. I'm just saying this is an old it was school there. grinder type of team. Take it it was the there, lab, but boys. it's it's going another level this year. It's not. It was there. I, nice. And you know what? I think skipping training camp is a nice way to do all that. So Maybe we should, too. Skip training camp, and you're fresh. What if we hit the scene around September 8th? I'd be fresher right now. This than is a long-running Sessler. How about November 8th? How about we left Bell this? Roll in like January 5th. <laughs> all right. 
good good preview, guys. Nice job. Nice job with the locks. Uh, we're going to have some fun uh, on Sunday when football returns. Uh, thank you to everyone that's listening. Uh, you know what we haven't done in a while? Ask you guys to leave some comments on iTunes. That would be great because the shadowy league figures care about that stuff, and it makes us look better uh, for them. And we're always in an uphill battle with those jokers. So bang us with some comments. And also check out the Around the NFL subreddit, which is happening. It's like a 10,000 people there. There's a lot going on there. 10,000 strong. It's an army that's growing. So check that out as well. Uh, Until Sunday night, this is Dan Hansa signing off. Well, I close it by saying until Sunday. So now I really boxed myself in. It's Dan Hansa signing off for the quiet storm. The mailman, the old boss, and the loose cannon. Ricky Hollywood behind the glass. What's he going to do here? Until Sunday? Yikes. Ouch. Sully, shut the f*** up. Press that button one more time. I swear to God, I'm going to rip that mustache right off your face. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) That would be amazing. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.